Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, episode 19 of One Man's Opinions, the podcast that's sweeping the nation. Boy, I am your host, Chef Mance. Where have I been? I'll get to that in just a minute. Appreciate you guys taking the time. Listen to me today, no matter where that may be. Maybe it's on a jog or at home or in the office or in the car or wherever it may be. We definitely appreciate it. This is episode 19, Fantasy Football 2020. That is the topic that we'll address today, although I think this one is going to spray to all fields. That is for sure. I am Jeff Mance, by the way. You can find my work all over the place. Uh, you find me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans, M-A-N-S, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and my favorite social media platform, TikTok. All my latest TikTok videos are there. David Johnson. We have the New England Patriots. We have Jordan Love being drafted by the Pack. We got so many videos. The Jeff Mans. All one word, the Jeff Mans on TikTok right there as well. You you know my work from fantasyguru.com. 2020 fantasy football draft guide is available now. And yes, we will be talking about the draft guide throughout this episode. Elitefantasy.com for all things daily fantasy sports and elite sports betting. That's where you go. You can join our poker club. We got horse racing. We're betting on NASCAR and PGA and KBO baseball and the Nippon League baseball we're every sport that's going on we are betting on it we're teaching you how to be a better sports better and um that's over at elitesportsbetting.com so that is that appreciate all you guys uh, tuning in downloading listening all that the question some of you have been asking me where have you been man what is going on uh you're on sirius xm every day three to five p.m eastern on the elite sports show i do host that program as well so i've been there every day but why no no new podcast what's been going on with the podcast why the podcast well believe me this is a favorite thing that i do this is this is like disneyland for me for one i could say fuck i could i'm uncensored here i don't nobody tells me nothing there's no I don't, I don't even have sponsors. I don't have anything right now. I don't have to do a goddamn thing. So where have I been? Why well, no podcast in the last week? I think um, this is actually the first recording I've done since the uh, very beginning of June. So here's what happened. So we all know that um, the world is a volatile place. We all know what's been going on. For one, coronavirus is rampant once again especially down where i live here in arizona uh world the all-time highs as far as uh people that have come down with it tested positive people that are in hospital hospital beds and icus are nearing 100 percent occupancy we have the highest death rate we've seen in a while so that stuff out here in the southwest is pretty bad texas new mexico Arizona, California, we're getting hit hard right now, just like you in the Northeast got hit hard a month or so ago, uh, where you thought, you know, it was all good fun and games down here. People didn't take precaution, all that stuff. So that's not why I haven't done a podcast. I am healthy, although I do have several family members who have and or still have uh, COVID-19, including my sister. 
who is uh, recovered. She never stayed out of the woods, but she uh, was test positive two and a half weeks ago and about a week ago started feeling better and seems to be all systems go at this point, uh, just recovering and uh, beginning that slow road of recovery out there as well. So we'll see how that, all that goes. But then now we have something else in our world that's going on and that's riots, protests in every major metropolitan city, including where I'm from Chicago, where I currently reside in Phoenix and all over the country. I'm sure whatever towns and cities are near you guys, you have seen it, heard about it, watch on TV, listen to on radio, whatever it may be. So here's the deal, folks. Um, I had planned and I had wanted, and I still want, I want to do an episode of One Man's Opinion on uh, racism and racism in sports, racism in fantasy sports, or just just to get it out of there. And I, when I say racism, I don't, you know, it's such a bad connotation because uh, like ac- accusatory, that's what people think when you talk about it. Now, just so you guys understand where I come from, if not, go back to episode one, get to know me and you know where I stand on, on most issues. I grew up on the South side of Chicago. Uh, I grew up around every race, color, creed, religion that there was. I don't have problems with anybody because of the color of their skin or their nationality or religion or any of that. I went to, I'm uh, you know, married to a uh, Lutheran school teacher, was Lutheran school teacher, have been for 20 years. I myself am technically a born again Christian, which is weird, uh, very weird. Um, you know, just because by definition only, just because I grew up in a Catholic household and was never baptized till I was a teenager. And yet I went to Catholic mass. So, you know, and again, that's my journey. I've been through a lot of things. I've seen all different people. There are assholes everywhere. There are great people everywhere. And I mean that. And places I grew up and the people I grew up with, there were good people and there were bad people of every facet, everything. And what I think is, is more damaging is sort of the income uh, class as far as rich versus poor. I think that's our most dangerous uh, subset. But nevertheless, I wanted to do a show on racism because I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'm open to talk about it. I think there's some of it that exists in places like, um, you know, in, in sports, uh, you know, I've talked about it pretty openly, how I feel about uh, Major League Baseball, golf, um, some of those sports I think have not, you know, at this stage, I don't think it's intentional. I think it's, it's one of those things where, well, my pappy used to do this. My pappy used to do that. And we just, we don't realize the connotations that they have or how it makes other people feel. So I wanted to get that out there and talk about it. The reason I'm not doing that episode today or haven't done it yet, because I've been trying to put this together for two weeks. It's a simple fact. I cannot find anybody that will go on the record with me to do that show. I have tried, I've reached out to every organization in sports, friends, colleagues, acquaintances, um, people that are making, you know, have a lot to say on social media. Nobody will go on air with me. And again, I, I mean, there are people, I get Ted Schuster, Ted Schuster go on air, we'll talk about it, but nobody wants to hear Ted's point of view. You know, we want to hear people that have been victims of racism or have different opinions and voices. And I wanted to get a round table in here to do that. And it just, it hasn't happened. And at this point, 
I've lost faith that it will happen. People, you know, I think that's part of the problem in our culture is that there are a lot of people who are afraid to speak their mind and speak out, whether it's speaking out, you know, uh, and accusing people or speaking out and just talking about my whole thing and the way I run my household, um, in my personal family is like, we, everything's on the table, you know, kids can come to me with anything that's on their mind. Um, I could go to them. I could bring up things. We, we have arguments pretty rare, pretty frequently actually in my household. Um, but they're not screaming, yelling, all that stuff that we talk, we discuss things, we break it down. I think it helps, helps everybody understand. we, you know, I have an 18 year old, Grace graduated high school. She doesn't see the world the way I do right now. And it's okay. I want to see her perspective. You know, she understand. I don't know if she wants, I can't say she would want to see my perspective. She just understands that I'm, you know, my rules of the house and things that you know, I think she should be doing or not doing are from a good place. She, there's an understanding. And that's what I believe our country and our culture and the world needs these days is just to understand one another more and to understand that how certain people feel and how our actions make other people feel because we don't realize it. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a lot of intentional um, bigotry and racism. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Okay. I know it exists and I've seen it and I was as horrified by that police tape as anybody. But what I'm saying is that I don't think people know how they're making people feel. And you call it stupidity, nativity, it would be naive, uh, naive day. That's what they call it. Right. You know, I don't know. I just don't feel like it is intentional, but maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Don't hold me. I'm just a fucking sports analyst that's trying to have open communication with people. So anyway, that's where I've been. I've been trying to put this together. I thought I had it all set up. I had a couple people. I won't mention who or why. And everybody's had to back out for one reason or another and whatever. And I respect everybody for doing it. Just know that I really would like to tackle this topic and I really want to hear people's sides. So maybe if you're a listener, maybe if you know somebody that's an activist or somebody with a point of view, you know, I'm happy to have them on this program and discuss it as much as they would like to, or if you would like to, or what have you, um, you know, I'm, there's no argument to be had that I won't tolerate on the show, but a discussion absolutely would would have you know and i want to hear people's point of view so uh, i'll reach out to you guys like that but for the most part episode 19 here is going to be about fantasy football because baby it's back it's here it's mid-june already it's time to start preparing for fantasy football it's never too early despite what anybody may tell you um so today i'm going to walk through a lot of different things i'm, I'm going to spray to a lot of different fields and I uh, posted a question. Of course, I'm, I'm stupid, and I post a question right before I record. Um, so I'm going to answer some of your questions from Twitter. If you guys want to email me, or I'm sorry, tweet me at Jeff underscore Mans if you want to. Hit me up in the chat rooms at Fantasy Guru, Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Betting. Happy to take those calls with you guys uh, as well, or mention, or go over, answer your questions on this very podcast. So that is that. So I'm going to get into it and I'll get into some of my, uh, my rankings and projections and things that, you know, how I look at 2020, this will be a wide angle lens. We're sort of 
you know, looking from afar and an overview, if you will, for the season. What I should, you know, talk about here is what we need to talk about is um, where my work's going to be found. Uh, you know, same place it's been for years and years, and that's all my seasonal work for fantasy football and fantasy baseball, by the way, but you know, all the sports seasonal is at fantasyguru.com, All one word right there. We have the early bird, the, my draft guide. I've been publishing this draft guide for those who are new to the show for well over 12 years now. I believe this is my 13th season officially publishing. It used to be a magazine. I used to be uh, one of those guys. I used to have a magazine every year. Um, it did that for a decade, right? Now I've moved into what we call a, uh, a living sort of draft guide where, you know, we constantly add and adjust our content. We add new stuff every single day. We alter things. We'll change things around like rankings and projections as injuries and news happens. You know, we'll move things around. I've added many, many articles and projects over the time. I, my crew, it's not just me, by the way. We have a, a staff of over 40 people that work at the Elite Sports Network with me that all contribute in one way, shape, or form. So this is not just me doing a draft guide by myself in my basement or something. This is a very professional operation, and all my seasonal stuff is found there. All my daily fantasy sports information is at EliteFantasy.com. I actually just put together a nice little back to sports specials, $25 a month, uh, $75 for three months. Essentially, it's usually 50 bucks a month, to be honest with you guys over at EliteFantasy.com. That's going to cover the return of Major League Baseball season, which we just got some good news on that front. We already have the Korean Baseball Organization, KBO, Nippon, Fantasy Baseball. We have soccer, three leagues going on there, NASCAR, PGA Golf, MMA, UFC, eSports, everything you could possibly imagine. And those, that three-month special right now will cover the preseason in the NFL as well. So you get optimizers, content, live streams, podcasts, articles, everything, strategies, you know, cheat sheets, everything you need over there at EliteFantasy.com. And then Elite Sports Betting is where all my betting content goes as well. Right now, we've got our poker club. we got our horse racing. we got our live chat room up over there. Um, Elite Sports Betting is where I post my, fantasy, my football uh, future bets. I post my football in you know, weekly bets. I, I make every single week. We do our survivor leagues and all those kind of pools that you see during the football season. They are all over there. So that's where you find me, everybody. So you know, I went into 2020. I've talked about this on the SiriusXM show quite often, but uh, give a peek behind the curtain to the podcast uh, folks out there listening. So you know, I start the fantasy football season for me, essentially here's the way it goes. Every, you work from all the way through the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, the whole week after the Super Bowl is recaps, you know, talk about what happened, everything else. One week after the Super Bowl, it's all football. At the, as of that Friday, that's the close of business for that year for me for a, from a football standpoint. I usually take a, a vacation, family vacation, right after that, somewhere in the month of February. Went to Disney World this past year. Can't believe I, I got in. I got in, made it. We went, and everything was fine. COVID didn't hit till right after. We were very, very lucky, as a matter of fact, the way the timing felt. 
And then around March 1st, every year, we start the next season for fantasy football. And it starts with meetings with the staff, what worked, what didn't work. We talk to our customers. We send out surveys, all that stuff. Okay, what did you like? What didn't you like? How could we do better? My, I've done this fantasy sports analyst. I'm one of the longest tenured people, although Ray Flowers, who I work with constantly, will tell me how he's been full-time longer than I have. I, that's true. But I've worked in this industry for over 15 years now. And some of you don't even know that is an industry. Some of you were probably 10 years old when you, uh, you know, 15 years ago. So, you know, but I've done this full-time um, for about 15 years. And lots, every single year things change. You need to, it's one rule I live by. If you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not evolving, you're dying. You have to constantly evolve. This is, none of this is a finished product. I'm not a finished product, but as a human being, I just talked about it with the stuff. I don't think any of you are. Uh, as good as the work was in 2019, whether it was daily on the Elite Fantasy or seasonal and rankings and all that on Fantasy Guru or my bats, which was, again, just under 70% for a full season, including all playoffs and Super Bowl over Elite Sports Betting, uh, fourth year in a row I've published picks Cumulative is over 70% because I was almost 80% two, two years ago. Um, but cumulative over four years, I've been over 65% every single year uh, with sports betting on football. I don't bet all the sports, but football I do. I'll dabble in a little tiny baseball, little tiny uh, NCAA tournament. But again, if you're going to follow me, you follow me for football. That's what you should be doing. Um, anyway, the we need to evolve. We need to change. So... March hits, we start having meetings. All right, what worked, what didn't. We got our surveys out to our customers, uh, all that good stuff. And, you know, got some feedback, some real good feedback on that. And all of a sudden, you know, March 11th was the day the NBA stopped and the world really stopped, or at least the United States stopped, where COVID hit. And it was just uh, brutal. And everything has been shut down pretty much ever since. So... At that point, we sort of reconvened and we were just in the very early planning stages. At that point, you know, we don't know what's going on with the world. Where we have no idea. Like for one, all sports are shut down. We know this virus is running rampant and who knows how bad it's gonna get. We don't know much of anything. Those first few days and that first week there in March, we sat back and we had to make decisions. As a company, we had to decide. What happens with our employees? Do we, how panicked should we get? There's no sports. Obviously, we can't be charging people during this time unless there are. Uh, You know, we came up with products like horse racing and poker and things that we did. So we conducted a little business, but nothing like we normally do, obviously. Um, You know, do we we pay our people? Do we have to cut back? Do we, you know, all these things are happening. So I want to, I just want that out there. I want everybody to understand. Okay. While you're listening to me, Jeff Mann's on this podcast and you know, I appreciate you doing so. I do want you to understand that there's a team behind me of, you know, well over 40 people, whether it's tech guys and, you know, there's marketing guys, there's, there's writers and different sports and all this stuff that at that point, 
you, anybody could jump ship. Anybody could just leave. Anybody could shut it down. Anybody could panic. Our bosses, our investors, people that, uh, you know, the money guys, they, they could easily said, well, taking, picking up the bag and, of cash and leaving and you no know, paychecks. There's a lot of things that could have been done. And if you guys pay any kind of attention whatsoever to the fantasy sports industry, it's exactly what happened in some places. All right. Some, and you know, what's the sad, the most pathetic thing is several people picked up, left their subscribers, left their people, and now are trying to go and pitch other sites and brand new sites and everything else. You just abandoned your fucking customers. You just abandoned them. You left them. And now for, you did nothing for three months. Now you're going to go and charge people money. Are you fucking kidding me? Sorry. That's Joni, I can't go down that road because I will get myself in a lot of trouble because there are people I would love to talk about that I, I won't do it. So anyway, we had a decision to make. That, and what we did, what our crew did, and it wasn't me telling them, it wasn't any of our investing people or our bosses or our CEO or anybody. Nobody told us what to do. We decided we're going to get busy. We're going to go to work. And what we're going to do is extra time. I had extra time. No baseball. Normally, I cover baseball on the daily side. I do a lot of high-stakes fantasy baseball leagues and all that kind of stuff. So I had extra time, and our crew had some extra time. So what we, we just got to work, and we said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to create things here at Fantasy Guru for this fantasy football season. You know, will there be a football season? Will there be sports? We don't know. We don't know. I, I mean, even now we know, but we don't know. No, <laughs> we're not hundred percent sure, but you know, I'm 98% sure it's going to happen. And if I am hundred percent sure it's going to happen as a matter of when and how, or will there be any pause or anything like that? I think that's the two to 5% possibility. So we got to work on new things. I want to go over some of those new things with you here today because I'm real proud. And whenever you get an opportunity, please follow like, say thank you, whatever it is to our crew over at Fantasy Guru and Tyler Beaker and Armando Marsal and Russell Clay and Ted Schuster and Ray Flowers and Vlad Sedler and Benny Ricciardi and Rob Brink and uh, Rusty, uh, a.k.a. Rusty Nuts on, uh, on Twitter and, uh, you know, Brian Healy and just every, you know, everybody, Mad Lab who, uh, um, was all part of, of that as well. And Ryan Clifford and good Lord. Now I'm going to leave people out and I feel bad. Phil Backert, my dudes got Bonder and just the entire crew. If I left anybody out off, I'm sorry. I love you guys, but uh, just thank them because they went to work and they did it for you and they did it to make a great product and things like that. So what are some of these new products? Well, let me go over some things with you. Because again, I've been around a long time. I've been playing fantasy football for 30 years. I've been in the industry for 15 years and full time. And I've worked at some of the great, you know, greatest places and built companies. And, you know, I'm very fortunate to be here at Fantasy Guru, uh, leading the charge, so to speak. But in all that time, these things weren't created. We did it this year. During the pandemic, we created a two quarterback slash super flex chart. Okay, man's big deal. Doesn't sound innovative. Doesn't sound new. Oh, mon frere, it is. Uh, it's never been done before. It's 
one of the biggest questions I get asked every single year is, you know, for one, the, one of the fastest growing forms of fantasy football are super flex leagues slash two quarterback leagues. Some are two quarterbacks. If you're smaller, most are super flex leagues at this point where you don't have to start a, a second quarterback, but you can. So it's highly recommended, obviously. So what I did is essentially created a one-stop shop and everything we've done is to help inform, engage, entertain, or just help you spend less time so you don't have to do it. We're trying to streamline processes for you. You know, everyone wants the new stat. There's a race in our industry for the new metric stat. Oh my God, evaded tackles is unbelievable. Air yards is unbelievable. Everything, you know, all, every stat has some use some context in which it's useful. But what we decided to do is take a, a different approach this year. And what we really wanted to do is sh help you streamline your process. We wanted to, to make sure you guys didn't, you had as quick as information as can that you can go to fantasy guru, hit a button, download, customize, print out, information you need for your drafts, whatever it is, bring it up, have it all nicely stored in a nice firm centralized location on the site. We have all that sitting there ready for you right now. Okay. And this two quarterback guide is, is part of that. And all it is, it's my rankings, my quarterback rankings broken down into tiers. Okay. That's not very different. That's not that useful. Um, I broke them down into tiers. You know, QB1s, meaning these guys are going to produce at a quarterback one level. All right. And uh, I'm looking at it now. It's 15 guys, 15 quarterbacks I actually have in the, the tier one bracket. But then the tier one is broken down to A, B, and C. You know, where there's division amongst value. And within there, you know, we got seven, what, seven, four, and four, I think is how it broke down to uh, as far as which quarterbacks are in there. All right, great. You have the team, you have the bye weeks. That's important. All this is very fundamental, man. When you get to the innovative stuff, well, just continue listening. I have the ADP in there, average draft position. And what I did is I put, we, we pulled the one quarterback ADP, meaning high stakes fantasy football, leagues that are actual people pay to play. So it's not junkie leagues or Yahoo basics and people draft and go. It's not mock draft. It's actual leagues in a one quarterback setup and then in a two quarterback setup. So it's one of the first times in history. This is one of the first times I've ever seen. I have seen it before, but very rarely did anybody pull in direct average draft positioning four quarterbacks in a two quarterback league setup. That information is not widely abundant. It's not highly obtainable. I had to go and fetch it for you. We got that. We put that right next to the one quarterback ADP. Why? So now you can see, I will tell you right now, in a one quarterback league, Patrick Mahomes has an ADP of about 18.2. In a two quarterback league, he's at 8.9. He's going 10 picks earlier. And, and there are other players that do that a guy like Russell Wilson in a one quarterback league is 68.13 is about where he's going. Again, 68 is what middle of the sixth round into the sixth round about in a two quarterback setup, 24.5, meaning you know, last pick of the second round, essentially. So that's right now we got some useful information.
we got rankings, we've got ADP, we got two QB ADP. So now you're getting a generalized idea. Didn't stop there though. We have them broken down into tiers. And then we have tier 2A, 2B, 3A, 3B, 4A, 4B. And that's basically it. And that takes us through our top 40 quarterbacks in this situation. So the other element we added to this little uh, two cute quarterback super flex chart is the pairing. Number one question I get asked all the time. Okay. Draft my, when should I draft my quarterback? We kind of got that for you with the ADP kind of got that for you with the overall rankings and the tierings who, when do I choose my second quarterback? Right? That's what you're all asking. Well, we got it. Once you pull the trigger, on that first quarterback, let's say you guys throw out, you, you all can name me a quarterback. Just throw out a name. Uh, uh, Kyler Murray, you're going to throw out. Okay. Kyler Murray, you chose him in, eh, you chose him in the end of the second round. Let's say that. All right. You got a good steal there. Then you go into the column right there. One sheet. Again, you're no scrolling, no clicking. It's all right there. Who do I pair Kyler Murray with? Well, right there. Tier pair 2A. Go down to 2A and one, two, three, four. I have six quarterbacks in tier 2A for you. Look right over at the first column, two quarterback ADP. You see it. Okay. We've got this guy. I'll tell you. I got Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, Goff, Cousins, Rivers. Right there. That's who's in that, that bracket for you. All right. Their ADP is right there. So now you realize, okay, so, you know, some my rankings are different than the ADP, obviously. You realize all right, if I take Drew Locke, who is ahead of Daniel Jones, I could take him later than what his average trap position most likely, you know, I'll be able to get away. And now you have, and Drew Locke is ADP in a two quarterback league is about 100.42. All right, ninth round, pretty damn late. Now you could decide, maybe that ADP holds true to you. Maybe your league gobbles up quarterbacks a little earlier. Either way, now you at least know the section that to look in and round where you're going to get. Okay. And then again, you just backtrack it. And if lock goes off the board way early, you're like, Oh damn. Well then now who's my next guy? Garoppolo. Okay, great. Daniel Jones. Great. You know, whoever, maybe then you don't get any of those guys. You end up with Kirk cousins. Like, all right, well, I got Kirk cousins. And then you have a nice little pairing there. Okay. You've Kyler Murray, Kirk cousins, and you got Kirk cousins when you wanted him, which was eighth, ninth round. Okay, right. So that tells you where to go. There also, I have one more column in here for you where I did the backup tier, meaning if you miss out, somehow you, you, you fuck it up, right? You mess it up. It happens. Maybe there's a run, whatever. What's the worst case scenario? All right, where's, if I can't get my main tier pairing with my quarterback, who's the backup tier? And most of the time, you think that, you know, this is an old big deal. It's just the next tier, man. So that's where I go. Yes, most of the time. But with top-end quarterbacks, if you went to pay for Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, Russell Wilson, who I think is a, as good as any other, it, just under Mahomes and Jackson, I'll say, but Russell Wilson's right there. You don't necessarily need to pay the same price. If you paid, you know, having Mahomes doesn't mean you have to go and choose you know, a guy in the 2A category because it's not a – you should wait, Philip, because you've already sacrificed. There's a sacrifice made for paying a higher price for a quarterback. 
And that's the whole nuance of a two quarterback league or super flex setup. If you draft Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, that was your first pick. If that's your first pick, you're going to have some ground to make up at the running back and or wide receiver position. You can't just go quarterback, quarterback in that regard, because then you're, it's overkill, right? You're, you're crushing that position, but you're also the opportunity cost at running back and wide receiver is too great. So that's why I tell you, okay, if you draft Mahomes or Jackson, wonderful. Go all the way down to tier three. Balance it out appropriately. Get solid. Don't bludgeon the spot because there's too much risk in doing that. So I think that's the advanced form of this, what the, the advanced um, strategy that this one chart provides you. And again, that's just one thing that we're doing over there. Uh, we've got others. Speaking of quarterbacks, our guy Armando Marsal, he's got himself, he has a quarterback bye week. Let's say you're in a one QB league, right? Any quarterback, you get Kyler Murray. Okay, the number one question you're going to ask yourself is, all right, when is his bye week? Because Kyler Murray's going to start for you every single week, he's saying. All right, fine. When's his bye week? Week eight. All right, well, I need, you're in round 10 or 11 in a one quarterback setup, of course. And you're like, all right, well, I got Kyler Murray. I probably need to back him up with somebody. Well, who are you going to back him up with? If you're going to, if you paid a good price, fourth round for Kyler Murray, aren't you going, do you just draft the best quarterback available? Or are you going to really want the quarterback with the best matchup in week eight? And thus during the bye week, that's the guy you really want. So we got that for you right there. We have four options for every starting quarterback in the NFL, including several of the backups. I think we got five of the backups, like Tua and Herbert and those guys. And just in, whoever you take, whoever your quarterback ends up being, we have them ranked one, two, three, four. We got them color coded as the top option, viable, meaning, yeah, you can start, you know, it's fine. Or, well, it's an emergency. If you have to do it, do it. But, you know, all in red. So the quarterback bye week chart is just a huge thing. Again, print it out, view it on mobile, whatever it takes. It's right there for you. My running back grid. I've been producing this thing for years. I'm a big advocate of handcuffs. You guys know this. We'll talk about Dalvin Cook in a little bit and how important it is to handcuff him to Alexander Madison, which obviously is something I am very, very interested in doing and I strongly recommend. So I got all the handcuffs, all the third down backs, all the running systems in the National Football League. I got them ranked there all for you. Everything you need in one sheet. The slot wide receiver grid. That's something our guy Tyler Beaker formed over at Fantasy Guru. And it's just an amazing one-stop shop. Again, all you do, the slot wide receiver, the reason this matters in fantasy football is because there are more talented receivers in the league than there have ever been. Meaning they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, better hands more yak, run yards after the catchability, whatever those attributes. There aren't as many cornerbacks, coverage guys in that capacity. And thus, when you don't, you can get the biggest mismatches maybe on a football field can be out of that slot wide receiver. We see it. The, the Patriots have feasted on it for years. Slot wide receivers could dominate at times. Julian Edelman, Larry Fitzgerald back in the day, 
you know, all those types of guys. So we did a slot wide receiver group. And what we did is list all the, the guys who play primary slot receiver for each team and then a secondary slot receiver because they'll mix it up. You know, nothing's on a football field, nothing is certain every single down except the quarterback's going to touch the ball. That's it. It's the only thing that'll ever be absolute. So, with that in mind, we tell you the percentages each player plays in the, the slot. We also tell you the total team slot targets. Uh, for this purpose, for this exercise, right now we have last year's stats in there. We have the, uh, also the percentage of targets to the slot as well, and you'll see that. During the season, as we get closer, Tyler's going to actually rank who the best slot receiver, who is the best, you know, best guy who will have, is, has the most talent and the best offense with the most targets, the most uh, target percentage. All of that wrapped up to one, and he'll rank them all the way down. And thus, when those those guys get into advantageous matchups against you know, lesser than uh, you know average corners and nickel corners, we're gonna you're gonna have an amazing outing there. And it's a very very useful setup, a useful chart. Again, that's the slot wide receiver chart. Um, we've got the IDP grid, or I'm so happy about the IDP grid. For so many years, individual defensive players has overwhelmed people. And I know some of you listening or immediately tune out whenever I say the acronym IDP, individual defensive players. Trust me when I say it, though, we've got projections, rankings, tiers, and also skill sets all on one sheet that you simply click. You could print out, view it, draft. It makes it so so easy for you. And we separate it by defensive linemen, linebackers, and defensive backs. It's all right there for you. Color-coded. If your scoring format, if you play basic IDP, all you need to do is the ranking and the position. Here's the overall. Here's the defense line, linebackers, defensive back. Fine. If you play advanced, well, that's when the projection's going to help you. That's when the color coding's going to help you. Why? Because it'll tell you players that are all-around talent, meaning they contribute tackles, sacks, turnovers, interceptions, all that stuff. You know, those are the – or guys who are just sort of pass rush specialists that if your league awards more points for sacks, then these are the guys to go after. For tackles, those inside linebackers that go sort of – it works in the middle of the field and go sideline to sideline, the, the um, your, uh, you know uh, – um, I don't even know. Yeah, you know, Davin Bushes and Jalen Smiths of the world, th- those kind of guys, you know, they're highlighted like that for tackles. And then guys who, who will get turnovers. So linebackers who also force fumbles and recover fumbles and will have interceptions. And those ball hawking cornerbacks and safeties, your Minka Fitzpatrick and Marshawn Lattimore's of the world, those guys are highlighted there as well. So if your league awards premium scoring for those IDPs or for those stack categories, boom, it's right there for you. There's nothing else you need to do. One sheet for everything you need. <sighs> we got more. Yes, there's so much more. Not only do we do, uh, you know, we have this fantasy football draft guide over at Fantasy Guru. And I understand this sounds like a commercial and maybe it is, I, you know, but I have to tell you guys what we've been doing and why we've been doing it. All right, and I'm so proud of it, and that's why I want this to come through. The um, the draft guide that I've done for years and years. Last year, we did for the first time ever an individual best ball fantasy football guide. 
first time it's ever been done. Nobody's ever done one before. We did it again this year. Not only did we do it, we got an intro. Where, where to play, why to play. The, you know, why you might be a great best ball player, why you might be a bad best ball player. We have where to play. We talked about the different styles, the BB10s, FFPC, uh, RT Sports, all the different spots there. Roster construction, ton of roster construction, quarterback pairings, running back pairings, players to target, players to fade, late round dart uh, tosses, stacking and best ball, different strategies in 2X contests and things like that. All of that just part of the best ball guide. Oh, by the way, first year ever, I've been playing dynasty fantasy football for over, I don't know, man, 20 years, okay? I've never seen a dynasty fantasy football draft guide until now. We got a dynasty guide. We got rankings, projections, league setups, rules, rookie class expectation, 2020 rookie reports, undrafted free agency reports, dynasty roster reviews that our guy Russell Clay constantly goes through. If you want to send in your dynasty roster, he'll tell you, do you go for it this year? Do you rebuild? What are some tips, some strategies, players to get rid of players to, um, you know, what players to try to obtain, you know, different ideas. He will help you and review your roster for you. We got that every single day. And it's all part of the draft guide, the dynasty league guide there as well. We've got a 2021 draft class. Oh, yeah, that's right already. Why? Because we have a full college football guide. We developed this. We, uh, we've done college football guides each of the last few years, but it's always been a standalone product. Okay, it's always been like we, we sell our NFL guide and then our college football guide. And the college football guide has betting our top 25, our entire college football staff, uh, Russell Clay and Scott Bonder and Ted Schuster and Ryan Clifford, who put this whole thing together. Uh, you know, they do amazing work on that. And they talk about next year's draft class, you know, Trevor Lawrence, will he come out? What, what about uh, uh, Fields and the quarterback, Ohio State? All of it. It's all there. And we included it in the NFL guide this year. For one, we don't exactly know. College football has been delayed. It's looking good now, but we, it's all one thing. It's included there as always. We have 50 strategy podcasts as part of that. We've added new ideas, the draft, roster management, um, different analytics for different positions. We have specialty podcasts for those over 50 of them. We have the My Guru setup. My Guru is a thing that's been around for a couple of years here at Fantasy Guru. This year, it's all last year. We added things to it and we really, we fucked it up. Let's be honest. Like we, we were too late in adding things. Um, the customized cheat sheets that you guys could create yourself, the auction tool, the um, mock draft simulator, some of these things that we've done. We were late getting these up like late July and August. And then, you know, it was a bad timing on our part, but it's all there. It's all works. No extra cost or anything. You could import your league. It helps you analyze your draft as you're drafting. You could do mock drafts. As, you could whip through mock drafts as much as you want. Try different ideas and strategies out. You can create your custom cheat sheets. You can use our projections. You can modify your own projections. Uh, it will analyze your draft. It will. Uh, there's trade analyzer. That's a part of it as well. It'll tell you free agent moves to make during the season. It'll tell you who to start, who to sit. I mean, 
you can know nothing about fantasy football and just plug this son of a gun in. It's like having us, the entire team, just basically run your team for you. So I think that's really awesome. Armando Marsal, he is taking a lot of time in doing a commissioner, uh, a dedicated commissioner series every Wednesday on the site where he writes up a new league setup. Uh, he, he has done a bunch head-to-head leagues, PPR leagues, standard leagues, two quarterback leagues, uh, four to six point per passing touchdown. I think that was his latest. Every single style of fantasy football, we have a write-up for you. We have strategies for you in every style you could even think of playing. Again, this is all stuff, uh, an auction tool. That's part of the MyGuru software in there as well. Uh, where it, That's amazing where it'll tell you what to bid and how much you have per player and all that great stuff that I think is just tremendous. So if you're in an auction league, you got a tool there for you as well. So man, so much so much there, there's more I, i'm not even gonna get I, I realize right now i'm starting to sound like i'm just trying to sell everybody everything but what i'm trying to tell you is we didn't back down from the challenge we didn't sit back and rest on our laurels you know we've been around since 1995 and i've been in the business for 15 years and it, you know we could sit back and just say all right yeah guys you're gonna get the same thing you got last year you can everything i just named except the best ball guide and my guru, everything else is new in the running back grid. That's not new. We've had that, but we've improved all three of them, the running back grid, the best ball guide and my guru stuff. Like everything else is brand new for 2020. It's never been done. And quite honest, none of this, nobody has a running back grid or slot receiver. Nobody has it. There's not one thing I just named that you can get anywhere else. You can get a college football guide. I'm sure somewhere probably, but there's, Nobody's dynasty guide or best ball guides or auction tools. Like this doesn't exist. So uh, that's our pledge to everybody out there. All right. Uh, What about the season? Is there going to be a season? Yes, there is going to be a season. Not only is there going to be a season, but the NFL is prepared. If there was any kind of outbreak or delay. um, Oh, the news that came down just the other day, Ezekiel Elliott has been uh, diagnosed with COVID-19. Several Texans and Cowboys players have as well. I want to stress to all of you, this is going to happen. COVID-19 is part of our life now. Like it or not, all of us, that means me, means you. Maybe it hasn't hit some of you yet, or your families, or your coworkers, or your friends, or your, your uh, neighborhood, or your city, or state, whatever. But it will, and in some way, shape, or form, it will. And got to protect yourself as best as humanly possible. What I want when it hasn't happened to you and it does, the immediate emotion is to freak out. You think it's a death sentence. You think, Oh my God, do you want to do all the, and it's going to be the same when I'm sure you got, we just learned a couple of days ago about Zeke Elliott. People are freaking out. Oh my God, there's not going to be a football season. Folks, they're playing three different soccer leagues. They're playing UFC has been on for months now. NASCAR's back, PGA's back, everything's back. Uh, KBO baseball. They have they've had positive tests in two of the three soccer leagues in KBO baseball and UFC. There has been positive tests in just about every sport that has returned. It's going to happen. It's a matter of stopping it and having protocols in place. 
And that's why I'm so pissed off about Major League Baseball and all their bitching and moaning. All they care about is the money and what percentage everybody gets. The most important element is keeping your players and your fans safe, I think. But football is not going to miss that. They already have everything they've talked about. Their schedule is designed. They can pull four weeks of the season. The first four weeks can move to the end. They could start the season a month early and the same with the first eight weeks. They could do in segments of four. They could rotate four weeks back and four weeks back to make eight weeks back. And the schedule fits. The bye weeks remain. Everything works. It's so well done and crafted that the NFL is ready for whatever gets thrown at them. All right. So um, NBA, NHL also coming back. I have no concern whether there's an NFL season whatsoever. Let's talk about, uh, I'll hit some of the offseason moves. You guys on Twitter at Jeff underscore man's asking me about that. What you guys uh, are all thinking uh, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski go to Tampa Bay. Does that mean we have to go? and buy shares of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do we have to invest in them? Do we have, is it a good future bet? No, Tampa Bay's odds are really, really low. It's not a good bet at this point. I do understand that the NFC is wide open. I don't have a favorite team in the NFC. If the AFC doesn't win the Super Bowl, it will be crazy because I think there are like three or four teams in the AFC, all of Super Bowl caliber that are, pretty much under the radar right now. Indianapolis Colts. I'll give you that one right now. Give you that one for free. The Colts are really good. Really good. They went and got, they got DeForest Buckner for nothing. They didn't pay a price for him. Nah, first round pick. It didn't matter. DeForest Buckner was Darius Leonard and Justin Houston. Do you guys understand what I'm telling you? That pass rush is off the chain. And it's not just them. They got Sheldon Day and Danico Autry in the middle, some run stuffers in that defensive line. It's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. And then they went out and got uh, Xavier Rhodes. They have Rocky Sin, Malik Hooker. They went and got uh, uh, slot corner TJ Carey, who isn't that great, but TJ carries us undersized. They have Marvell Tell Jr. there as a safety also. They drafted Julian Blackman. Kenny Moore played in New England for a couple of years. This secondary is loaded. When you have an amazing pass rush, as the Colts now do, with DeForest Buckner, Justin Houston, and Darius Leonard, you, you, it improves your secondary insurmountably. Insurmountably. And you think Xavier Rhodes and Rocky Sin aren't going to play at a high level, only having to cover for two to two and a half seconds. They're going to play. And you got those safeties over there. They're going to be good. This team is good. Stability at quarterback with Phillip Rivers, one of the best offensive lines in football, Costanzo, who they re-signed, Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Glowinski, and Braden Smith. Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, second-round picks each of the last two years, some size, speed, downfield ability with T.Y. Hilton. And then, oh, by the way, they got the best running back in the draft in Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> who will likely usurp a guy who ran for a thousand yards, eight touchdowns last year, Marlon Mack, and a great pass catcher, Naheem Hines. This team is loaded. There's nothing it doesn't have. It has everything. I think the only thing it may be missing is in Adam Vinatieri. They got Chase McLaughlin now and Rodrigo Blankenship. One of those two will be the uh, kicker as uh, Vinatieri goes into retirement. But man, they are absolutely loaded. That's for sure. Um, 
Brady, Gronk, Tampa, better. Tampa's going to be solid. Don't expect the Buccaneers to produce the same type of offense they did a year ago, though. Jameis Winston put up gaudy numbers, 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, threw 30 interceptions. That, that part is going to be phased out, which is going to make the Buccaneers better. But you've got to remember from a fantasy football standpoint, turning the ball over and giving your opponents that many, that great field position and yardage and points that forces you to throw more and throw for more touchdowns and yards as well, which pads the stats of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and the like. So you're not going to get that upside that those guys had a year ago. I think Godwin's the wide receiver to own. I think that'll be Brady's favorite target. If you're looking for a deep sleeper, Tyler Johnson, He's that uh, wide receiver, sure-handed guy out of Minnesota. He's a quick twitch guy, very Julian Edelman-like, except better physically and can win on the inside. Uh, that's a deep sleeper in a best ball or a dynasty league to grab. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn at running back. So, you know, there's some good things here. The defense is really solid. They brought back Ndamukong Su, which I think is a huge keep for them. Only another one-year contract for him. But, um, you know, this is a, a very solid team. I don't think they're a Super Bowl winning team, though, I don't, even with Tom Brady. They're going to be good. They're going to contend in a weak NFC. Uh, but that's about it. DeAndre Hopkins, also on the cover of our draft guide, along with Tom Brady. One of the worst trades we've seen made in NFL history. DeAndre Hopkins going from Houston to Arizona exchange for David Johnson, like, I think David Johnson gets – that's how he gets a bad rap. It's just He's not a great running back. He's a good, very good running back. But that's it. And he's getting up there in age and, you know, had some injuries and there's no offensive line play in Arizona. And But he's the only game in town in Houston. He'll produce quality numbers. But to give up a legendary receiver like DeAndre Hopkins – I say legendary because – his ability to get open, his, his, he has the best hands of any receiver I've seen, I think, since Jerry Rice. I can't think of another receiver with pure hands. Just You can't stop DeAndre Hopkins. He'll catch a ball in traffic on the sidelines. He'll jump up and sky for it. Doesn't matter. That fits so well in Arizona. It's, it's almost nauseating so that's a, a great landing spot for Hopkins but a terrible trade for the Texans Melvin Gordon goes from the Chargers to Denver you know he didn't make a lot of money got two years and 16 million but I'll tell you this you can forget Philip Lindsay Melvin Gordon's going to be the leading ball carrier in Denver and Denver has improved their offense incredibly not only did they go out and get Melvin Gordon a true banger in the middle, uh, voluminous type running back in Melvin Gordon, who also could catch the football. But they went out and get the best wide receiver in this draft class in Jerry Judy. They got a downfield burner in K.J. Hamler. That adds to the already stud Cortland Sutton. The relationship Drew Locke had with Deshaun Hamilton uh, at the end of last year, this receiving core is loaded. They got the best center in the draft and Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU won a national championship and had a lot to do with the development of Joe Burrow. It's a huge get. It's a good offense line. Uh, Graham Glasnow, Glasgow at right guard and Garrett Bowles at left tackle. Bowles never really lived up to his potential yet, but it's a uh, 
above that, well above average offensive line. You've got a defensive, and plus you got Pat Shermer there, the new coordinator of the Broncos offense with all these new weapons, with a developing Drew Locke. Shermer did great things in Minnesota and then in, did good things in New York too. And even though they lost football games, the offense wasn't the reason for that. So some real good offseason moves. We have the same faces in new places. Article, part of our draft guide at fantasyguru.com. Go there and check that one out. Um, I am running low on time. So let me, I want to get to some of your questions from Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans. Uh, somebody wants to know rankings. Uh, who am I high on? Who am I low on? Specifically, Derrick Henry. All right, that's, that's a fair question. So here's the deal with Derrick Henry. If you recall last year, I was super high on Derrick Henry. He was in the manifesto, my uh, draft plan that I publish every single year over at fantasyguru.com, which is part of this same package, by the way. Early bird on that draft guide runs out this week. So uh, depending on when you're listening to this, go there and get it right away because this is a $99 product, by the way, that we are currently selling for $39.99. I shouldn't even tell you the price because if you're listening in July, you're uh, probably going to be pissed because uh, yeah, we'll probably have it still. Like, I think it'll probably only go up like 20 bucks, but at the same time, I might as well get it for the lowest cost possible. Um, Derrick Henry doesn't catch football, and he was almost 40% reliant. 40% of his fantasy points came from touchdowns. Touchdowns is a regressive stat. Very rarely do you see 15-plus touchdown seasons happen year after year after year. So there's likely some regression there. And when a guy doesn't catch the football at all, doesn't contribute in receiving yards or reception points, that's dangerous, and that's not worth the first-round pick. There's too much downside with Derrick Henry, and that's why I have him where I have him, which out of the running backs alone, I have Derrick Henry. Let me see where did I put him. He is uh, ninth just at the running back spot. So that's outside the first round for me on Derrick Henry. Not that I hate him. You know I've liked him, but they also lost their right tackle, Jack Conklin. Don't underestimate that. Why did I love Derrick Henry last year? Because they got Roger Saffold at left guard. So you had Luan, Saffold, and Conklin all there. That's why Henry did so well. Now you lose a third of those and Jack Conklin, it's a problem. Um, speaking of which, so that's somebody I'm lower on than normal. Well, let's follow Jack Conklin. Why not? He goes, where does Jack Conklin end up? Cleveland. Cleveland Browns. That's another team in the AFC that I think is a legit contender. They won't, they're not quite on the Chiefs, Colts path, but this team is just loaded with talent. I think Stefanski's at least a credible guy. He's not a great hire at, at head coach, by the way. I don't love it, but him and Alex Van Pelt will at least, at least bring some sort of stability and veteran wisdom to a very talented but inexperienced team. I love Nick Chubb. Like, good Lord, folks. Good Lord, I love Nick Chubb. With Conklin, Jedrick Wills, who was the most polished left tackle in this draft class, to go along with the uh, Joel Batonio and J.C. Treader, two real good run blockers in the middle of this offense line. Nick Chubb averaged well over five yards carry last year, and now he's got two bookend tackles? To help out? Are you freaking kidding me? This guy's going to go bananas. 
and Baker Mayfield's going to go bananas. And Odell Beckham's going to have a monster season. I love the, the Browns offense this year, folks. Love it to the end of the world. Bet overs on your props. Bet, uh, pick them up in fantasy. I, I like the pairing of Baker and Odell Beckham. Um, we have Kareem Hunt there. So that's the problem. We won't get as many catches from Nick Chubb. Chubb caught, what, 40 passes a year ago with Hunt out for the first half of the season. So, you know, I think Kareem Hunt, he's the best handcuff there is to Nick Chubb, but Hunt will have a standalone role in this offense as well, which is a bit of a problem for Chubb's value. But I'm still – it's not a problem when he's busting 60-yard runs to the house. You know what I mean? Then we're not worried about the pass catches as much. But I love the Cleveland Browns in there. Uh, people are asking me, is Jared Goff a sleeper quarterback this year? No. No. They The Rams, Bloom is off to Sean McVay Rose a little bit. I think Goff is in a solid spot. But uh, they're a very run-heavy team. They're going to play less three, tight, three wide receivers. We saw at the end of last year, they're going to play a lot of 12 personnel with two tight ends and only two wide receivers. That's, it's just not going to be as wide open. It's not going to be as pass heavy. And without Todd Gurley there, you're going to get a lot of Cam Akers, who I think is a huge sleeper, huge sleeper. 54 touchdowns in three years for Todd Gurley. Uh, good Lord, it takes eight for Cam Akers to be a monster breakout this year, and I think he's going to do that. So no, on Jared Goff, he's fine. I mentioned him actually when I talked about the two quarterback leagues. Like He's a great second quarterback. Absolutely. I've, I've got him 19th, though, overall on my board. He's right there with Drew Locke and Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. So uh, what else did you ask? You want to know about Jared Stidham? I'll have to talk about Stidham in more detail on a later episode, but better arm strength than Brady does at this point, but profiles very similarly. He's more of a game manager. He throws from a three quarter arm slot. He is slightly more mobile than Tom Brady. He's a lot more mobile, I should say, but he's not going to, not a burner, not going to run a lot, but uh, he'll pick up some yards with his legs as well. And more, the more I just break it down, this is going to be such a run heavy team in new England that Sony Michelle's going way too late. I think Julian Edelman actually is a pretty good buy at his current ADP, which is eighth round right now. Woof. Somebody's got to catch the ball. I really want it to be Nikhil Harry because I think Nikhil Harry athletically is just a guy who could be a breakout in 2020. But I don't think they're, I don't think the offensive Josh McDaniels and Belichick want that. They're going to win it with defense. They're going to manage the game. Go back and look at Tom Brady's numbers from 2001, two, three, four, all the way through 2006, basically. And that's essentially what you should be projecting for Jared Stidham. It's fine. Good numbers, but not huge fantasy impact type of numbers. That doesn't mean they won't win games. Best ball strategies, you want to know those? Boy, I'm going to have to do a whole show on best ball as well. Um, draft for upside more than ever. Read our draft guide. I will, I'll, I'll get more into best ball strategies. Listen, you can't be mad at me. You asked a general question. Yeah, I mean, what do you want me to say? That's a huge, uh, wide open question. I can literally do a whole question or a whole uh, show or episode on that uh, as well. And what else? Uh, my thoughts on Colin Kaepernick. There you go. Here, uh, Let's leave you with this. I will leave you guys with this. My thoughts on Colin Kaepernick. Huh. 
Now, here's that part of the show where, you know, I become afraid to state my opinions because I'm worried that uh, all of you guys will freak out or what have you. I told you I've been trying to do a show based on racism in the fantasy sports industry and everything else. I don't think there's nearly enough diversity in, our, in my industry in fantasy sports. Oh, I don't think there's enough diversity in sports in general. Sports are working on it. Sports are getting better. All right. Now, there's no acceptance for not being all the way there yet. It's 2020 for crying out loud. But it's progressing. It's better than the 80s and 90s when I grew up. So, you know, you can't ask for much more than progress. I mean, you can, but you're not going to get it. And I'm just going to say it. This is, you know... I don't want to lose my jobs, okay? And I run my own business, so maybe I can't. I don't know. But I did not agree with Colin Kaepernick. I did, I did not agree with his stance at all when he knelt in the flag. Not at all. I, uh, and I'll tell you why. My dad died in 1999. When he died, uh, I'll never forget it. His funeral, they had um, – uh, Navy officers that were there. My dad served in U.S. Navy during the Korean War, and um, they shot their guns and they folded the flag and they handed it to my mother. And I've never, never seen anything more powerful or moving in my entire life. And my dad had told some stories about being on, usually when he's drunk out of his mind. But oh, I have a podcast about that, my old man. Um, so I've told the story. Go back and listen to it uh, before. So, and then I got a letter from then President Clinton, you know, about you know, thanking my dad for his service and everything. And that, that meant a lot. I mean, I can't tell you guys what that means and how proud I was of my old man, you know, um, after that. And to be, to have served and what that flag means and the national anthem at that point, it, it took on a new life for me than it had previously. And I, what I was like, 24 years old, uh, 23 years old. You know what I mean? So uh, that, and that meant a lot to me. So I don't like kneeling for the flag. I don't, I don't get why that is what you, why I totally agree with Colin Kaepernick's thoughts that we need change. We need, you know, police brutality is just brutal. What we saw in Minneapolis was just one of the most horrific things ever. There are a lot of changes that to be made equality in sports, in the country, in our world. There's no doubt about it. So what Kaepernick stands for, I fully endorse it all, 100%, have from the get-go. I didn't like the kneeling of the flag. I said it at the time, I'm not going to go back and delete tweets. I'm not going to go back and revise history and pretend I wasn't. That's just not who I am. And, you know, I'm sure there's several of you uh, that are listening that are in the gotcha culture that want to go dig up what I said and what I did. No, you're going to do what you're going to do. Be free, people. Um, so I didn't like it. Okay. This time around, I, I, I've been wrestling with this a lot because I still don't like the idea of kneeling for the flag. But at this point in time, I'm, I'm going to be good with it. I think, you know, I just, what I saw and I went back and uh, I watched that entire tape, by the way, and I forced myself to do it. Um, George Floyd tape and, and all that. And again, I'm not a political show. 
All right. And some of you may like it, some of you may hate it, whatever. Fast forward. But I watched the tape. I made myself sit through nine minutes, I think it was, or the eight minutes, 45 seconds of a nine minute tape, whatever it was. And uh, it, it was fucking atrocious. Fucking atrocious, guys. Just forget your politics. Forget, forget it all. The basis of all of us is human goddamn dignity. Now, sorry if you guys get offended when I say GD. I know some of you get mad. I get it. I, you know, my mom would be pissed at me for saying it too. So you're not the only ones. Um, something needs to change. I don't know how else to change it. I understand athletes don't really get it either. They want to do something, but they don't know what. And that's where we're at. And, uh, you know, I wish there was a better way. I wish there was. I wish we could agree. Listen, national anthem. Let's just let's let's let that be. Let's all stand for the anthem and then kneel for something else. Let's kneel before the game or after the game. Let's show the world, you know, that we mean business and we want change. But let's do it in a different way. That's what I wish we could do it. it but if this is the best we got, well, then I'm on board. I'll be on board. You know, um, I'm going to choose as a human being to not let it offend me or my father or all the great people, uh, men, women, every race and nationality and religion, everybody who served our country in so many different wars and on so many different fronts to protect us and all that stuff. Like I don't, I'm going to choose to not let that kneeling offend me. It did the first time. And I'm not a guy who gets offended ever. I didn't like, it. I mean, I was very much against it, but um, you know, at this point, it's not about that. I, I'm, they don't mean any more disrespect than, you know, other people that get lumped in with it. Uh, people who kneel, I mean, you know, they don't mean any more disrespect than, you know, uh, folks that, uh, I don't know, you know, whatever, whatever offends somebody, you know, that when you don't mean it. Some people mean it, some people don't. So I'm going to just choose to be all right with it. I'm going to choose to support. I support Kaepernick and his stance. I support the cause. I support change. I want change. I really do. Um, you know, I can't say all lives matter because people will think that's a, a different. I, I just do. I do believe that. I think everybody's life matters. And, you know, um, I just, that's, I believe everybody should be treated equally and right and justly and no human being ever should ever fucking have a cop kneel on their throat that way. Fucking absurd. It really is. It just goes to show you there's bad people in all walks of life. So um, I probably shouldn't have gone into politics as much as I did, but I did folks. That's what you're going to get on one man's opinion. Cause I can't control myself. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you know what we say at the end of each show. So, uh, and then as far as him playing in the NFL, I don't think he ever plays in the NFL again. Uh, not because he couldn't have at one time. I think, what has he been out, three years? How the hell are you going to go back after three years? Ah, that's a long time. Is he going to take a backup? You know, he's been offered jobs, Colin Kaepernick, and he hasn't taken them. He hasn't taken them because he wants, he wanted more money. He wanted a shot to be the QB1. There's no everybody's got their quarterback at the stage. You know, Kaepernick's going to have to do what Michael Vick did, what, uh, you know, many other quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky's going to have to do, where you have to just go back, take a reserve, take a secondary role, and work your way up. 
prove it in practice every day, prove it all. That's what he's going to have to do. And I just don't know if he wants to do that. I don't know if that's what Kaepernick wants. You know, he is a social justice guy at this point. He is a uh, inspiration and, and all that. If he wants to play football, great. He was, he was damn fucking good, man. He's a good quarterback. Took the four downs of the Super Bowl. You know, big arm. Very, very good with his legs and picking up first downs and tough to bring down as well. So, you know, Kaepernick could put up a season like uh, like Josh Allen did last year and be a top eight quarterback in fantasy. Absolutely. I uh, just don't know if after three years off, if that if he can do it. I don't know if that's what he wants to do. So as far as his return, yeah, he should be on a team. He's definitely definitely a top 50 quarterback. And there's a lot of arguments. He should probably be, definitely would be a top 32 guy. This stage, he has to come back and prove it, though, um, in my opinion. I think that's what the only route he has to actually make a team because nobody's just going to hand over the keys to a quarterback who's been out of the league for so many years. That's my thoughts. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. Again, follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Manz, the Jeff Manz on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, the Jeff Manz, all one word, fantasyguru.com, draft guide, elite fantasy for all things daily fantasy, elite sports betting, all things sports betting. If there are topics, if there's things you want to throw out, you guys know I'm like an animal. You can't throw out anything to me and, and me not comment. I'm hap- happy to tell you guys the truth. Happy to tell you guys what I feel about certain topics. Hopefully, all of my listeners and people who download and listen to this podcast understand the faith in which I'm doing that. If you, my views don't gel with yours. They don't mix with yours. You could Let's have a conversation about it. Let's disagree. Let's, you don't have to listen. You know, whatever it may be. Um, but that's, that's the way it goes because uh, the more we shut people down who speak their opinions, the less room we, the less we grow and the less uh, advanced that we do in our, uh, our society. So there you go. Again, that's One Man's Opinion, episode 19. You may disagree. That's okay. Why? Because this was just One Man's Opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces. Deuces.